As we study the passion of Christ, we look at the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus, in all vulnerability and transparency, wrestles out his will with the Father. And as we study this week, it's a perfect invitation for us to learn from Jesus how to wrestle things out with God, where we can surrender ourselves before the Lord and pick up his will instead of our own. You're listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Drum. This podcast is designed to dive into scripture through systematic study in books of the Bible, through cultural conversations with women today, or on specific topical studies so that we can learn what God has to say for our lives. My goal is to equip you to study God's word well and to encourage you in your faith journey as we walk together and become girlfriends in the word. Happy Wednesday, friends. We are in week four of our Garden to Grave to Glory series. And we have spent the last several weeks looking at the incarnation of Jesus, his physical life, the work and ministry of salvation and healing that he did while on earth. And this week, we're going to take a little turn as we move into what is called the Passion of Christ. And so that just refers to the day and day of his arrest and his trial and crucifixion and just the pain and the suffering that Jesus endured. And so it's called the Passion. And as we are just a couple weeks away from celebrating Easter and all that the holiday focuses on and all that it entails, it is so important that we study the actual events of the Easter story, not just the joy of the resurrection, but also the sorrow and suffering of Christ before the glory. And so this week, we are going to be looking at the significance of his wrestling in the garden. And for this, we are going to jump around in scripture a little bit, going back and forth between two of the gospel stories, because it's in looking at the different vantage points of these different gospel writers that we get a clearer picture of the events that took place that day. So let's dive into Luke chapter 22, and we're going to read verses 39 through 46 to begin with. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Okay, so that's the first account that we're going to look at. And next we're going to turn to Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 42, and see how Mark records the events. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. 
When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still asleep and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Now, I don't know about you, but these passages, they kind of give me chills and they make me pause. They're heavy and they're holy. And I don't want to rush over them this Easter. Because in these texts, we see the true humanity of Jesus. He's suffering emotionally and mentally as he begins the process of walking to the cross far before he's even betrayed. Did you catch the pain in the text? Look at verse 34 in the passage from Mark. It says his soul was overwhelmed to the point of death. This is the suffering of Jesus before he's even started the process of the arrest and the trial and the beatings and the crucifixion. Just the knowledge of what lay ahead of him was enough to crush him. Honestly, I struggle through these verses because there's something in me that desperately wants it to stop. The pain and the suffering that I know that he'll endure. It's like reading the text feels often like watching a scene from a movie. And I want to cry out in the middle of the scene, stop, just make it stop. Don't go forward. It's too painful. Jesus knew what lay ahead. And in his humanity, in that moment of his flesh, he cried out to the father. Is there any other way? Is there any other option? And in my mind's eye, I see his face pressed to the cool ground in that night. He's wrestling in the garden. And this may be the most crucial garden moment of scripture. Because as Jesus cried out to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, he conquered what Adam failed to do in the Garden of Eden. You see, the garden scene in Gethsemane parallels the garden scene in Eden we find in Genesis. A man faced with an impossible choice, his will or following the will of God. It's a moment of total surrender. Adam failed because he chose his will and he didn't surrender to the father. Adam ate what was not his to eat. Adam chose his will over the father's will. Jesus did the opposite. He surrendered his will and he took what he didn't want to take, the mission ahead of him. Jesus didn't want to walk forward in what he had to accomplish. He knew the pain and the suffering. And yet Jesus surrendered his will to the father right there in that garden scene. Where Adam hid, Jesus brought his pain to light. Where Adam wrestled with self and lost, Jesus wrestled with God and won. Where Adam failed to run to God, Jesus came immediately to the father. You see, The crucifixion moment was committed in the garden that day. Jesus didn't need nails to keep him on the cross. It wasn't the nails that stamped his arms that kept him there, but the commitment he made in the garden to the Father's will. It was there on his knees when Jesus cried out that the cross was already sealed. And we need to see this. We need need to sit in this text. Jesus obeyed even when everything in him didn't want to. And I think that speaks so deeply to us. When nothing in his flesh thought that this was a good idea, yet he wrestled out his emotions and his feelings and his desires. And Jesus submitted all things to the will of the Father while he was in the garden. And it was in that wrestling that Jesus was strengthened. Did did you catch the detail in the text as we read it? There are two other important things that we needed to notice. Jesus was attended by the angels. 
See, the father didn't abandon Jesus for the mission ahead. The garden wrestling was mission preparation. Jesus had to surrender his spirit and wrestle out those emotions. And then the father would send assistance. The father deployed heavenly resources to provide Jesus with the strength and encouragement to do the earthly mission. Jesus surrendered his will on that garden grass and the father sent heavenly assistance for mission preparation. And the other detail that we need to pay attention to is that the wrestling wasn't just a one and done moment. Did you catch it? Jesus went back into his prayer spot several times. He prayed over and over until the time of his arrest. Jesus kept communicating with the father. Jesus received assistance for his mission and he kept laying down his will and surrender and submission. From our vantage point, it may seem like it was a loss in the Garden of Gethsemane. Why does this even matter? Jesus didn't get out of the suffering. And you know what? That's true. The surrendering of his will in the Gethsemane Garden meant the picking up of a cross. But see, Jesus trusted that the Father knew what we do not. And he sees what we do not see. And he knows the things that we can't comprehend. Specifically, that for Jesus, there could be no crown without the cross. That there could be no glory without the grave and that all started in a garden and that there could be no joy without first enduring the sorrow. And what will look like defeat from the vantage point of earth will often be victory from the vantage point of heaven. And we just need to wait for the father to work out his will. And in the meantime, we don't need to fear the wrestling. So what does this mean for you and I this week as we reflect and study and think about this passage And that's a great question. First, I think it is so important that we study the wrestling of Jesus because it gives us a greater appreciation for the gift of salvation. When we see the human element to the price that he paid for us, it reminds us of the cost and the weight of our sin. Second, it reminds us that we have an invitation to wrestle with God. Jesus comes to the Father with all of his emotions and his desires and his fears, And he says, is there any other way? And then he surrenders. And I think as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we have to remember that we have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. And God is okay with us wrestling with him. He's big enough for us to ask the questions where we can come to him and say, God, is there any other way? Are you sure this is your will? Because ultimately, wrestling allows us to work out our emotions and our fears and our pain in the presence of the Almighty. And it leads us to the place where we can say, okay, God, I'll lay my will down and I'll trust your will. I'll surrender to you. Finally, we must see that the wrestling and the surrender doesn't ever leave us empty and abandoned. God sends exactly what we need when we need it for the assignments that he gives us. Jesus needed angelic assistance to strengthen and encourage him. And while we don't know the details of which angel came to him or what the angel said or did or offered, we do know that Jesus got what he needed for the mission ahead. And the same principle applies to us today. God is faithful to provide what we need when we need it. And when we surrender ourselves before the Father, when we pick up his will instead of ours, God is faithful to send the assistance we need for mission success. 
The problem is so often we end up picking up our own wills and going our own way and doing what we want. And then we call on God, expecting him to send help for our mission instead of his. When all the while God is looking at us and shaking his head because the help we needed was somewhere else on a different path that held our assignment. So let's take a lesson from the garden this week. Let's be honest like Jesus and wrestle out our pain with the father. Let's receive the help that he offers us and let's do the mission that he assigns for us. This week, let's spend some time considering everything that it costs Jesus to die for us. And let's thank him for the sacrifice of himself. Let's honor the price of our salvation and the preciousness of his blood by seeking righteousness and turning away from sin. Let's praise him for wrestling out his will in the garden that day and for conquering self so that you and I might live in the freedom that we have from sin and be blessed to call the children of God. This week, let's not forget that Jesus wrestled for us and he models for us that we can lay down ourselves and pick up the will of the Father. Until next week, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. You can find resources on the website at www.nataliadrum.com, which is where you can connect with me via email, you can download resources, or you can check out the shop for books and tools to grow in your faith. If you want to connect with me on social media, head over to Instagram and find me at the handle at Natalia Drum.